Hey, I'm Jason, and welcome to Season 3 of the Tales from the Pit Podcast. Welcome to Tales from the Pit, the behind the lens access to the entertainment world and the creative people involved. Today, we have multi-talented drummer, photographer, videographer, you name it. He's done it all, or he's in the middle of doing it all. Brian Medeiros, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Dude, thank you, man. You're too kind. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, we were, we'll get into it, but I was just sort of expressing how I think your work is amazing. But before we start to talk about some of these different things, let's talk, let's start at the beginning. So when you were younger, what was, was music a thing? What was your path that kind of pushed you where you are now? So I started playing drums in fifth grade and I don't really remember uh, like showing any kind of interest in playing drums. I think my mom just knew, you know, maybe I was kind of banging on stuff like everybody that everybody does, but, um, I got a drum set for Christmas when I was in fifth grade and it just completely changed my life. Like it, it truly, truly, truly did. Um, so, you know, I, I took private lessons for the first couple of years and I had a really, really great teacher. His name was Jamie Jesperson um, out here in Salt Lake and loved working with him. And he moved to Park City, which is, you know, that bougie, beautiful ski town. That's a little bit, it's like up the canyon. So in winter times, it didn't make a lot of sense for him to make that travel back down to where, he was teaching. And so I just took a step back from private lessons and just worked on it myself. Just anything I could, anything and everything I could relating to drums. Um, in school, I did every band class I could, you know, symphonic bands and jazz bands and orchestras and musicals and just everything I could. I learned like drumline stuff, even though we didn't have a, an actual drumline. It was just something that I really loved. And so I was like, let's do it. You know, let me try to figure out some of these techniques and some of the rudiments and everything. And we still had pet band and everything. So I would dive into that, you know, and play when we're at basketball games or football or whatever. But yeah, I just head over heels. It was just like, this is what I want to do and did everything I could to just play music, man. At that, so, at that age, what, what was like, so I'm assuming fifth grade, what's that, 13, 14-ish? I was 11. I had just turned 11. Okay. Yeah. So musically, was, was, were you just getting into hearing music for the first time or were you already had a pretty strong musical knowledge, you know, just of artists? And what was, what was your artist back then? Yeah. So my mom is the coolest and like she was taking me to concerts for as long as I can remember. You know, seeing bands like Aerosmith and Kiss and Poison and Journey and Styx and Ario Speedwagon and just all of that kind of awesome classic rock. That's absolutely what I grew up on. And, you know, with my, I have a brother who's two years older than I am. Uh, he would, you know, a little bit harder stuff, Metallica and, you know, it's still in that same vein, but a little bit more of an edge getting into Anthrax and Slayer and stuff came from him. So I certainly had... I was into music. I loved it. Loved going to the concerts from as, for as long as I can remember. Um, 
And yeah, from getting that drum set, it was just like, let's go. And as I started to kind of hone in my own musical taste or whatever, it, you know, I, I, the first CD that I ever bought was uh, Smash by The Offspring. So I was yeah. like, I was kind of into that, you know, got into like, okay, so that was the first CD I bought, right? The second and third was at the same time I got Korn's Follow the Leader and then Good Charlotte, um, Young and the Hopeless or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. So like quite a contrast there, yep. you know, and I think that just kind of has been like a common thread throughout my life is just, I don't listen to one thing. I don't like enjoy specifically one thing. Like, like I said, even, even in band or in, uh, throughout school, I was playing in several different local bands and, you know, building bands from the ground up and joining bands and all sorts of different kind of metal bands and cover bands and just rock bands. And, but also doing like jazz band and musicals. And I, I've just always loved being just kind of having a foot everywhere. Just yeah. like, kind of walking the map, you know? Were you, were you learning like theory and stuff like that? Or were you just kind of learning songs or? Um, not so much theory. Um, I do, part of me wishes that I knew another instrument. Like I would love to be able to sit down at a piano or sit down with a guitar and do kind of anything. Yeah. There's little things I can, you know, pluck at and tinker with. It's kind of fine, but like, I wish I understood the theory and I under, wish I understood the chords and everything of it, but it just doesn't stick with me. Yeah. So there's this weird thing of like, man, I wish I had spent more time and learned another, learned another instrument, but at the same time I put everything into drums and I'm happy with how it turned out. Yeah. And you know, they say there's, or they say, you know, it's never too late to learn another instrument. Sure. Sure. And I've certainly tried over the years. I like I've, I've invested in a nice piano and several guitars but I just don't have the discipline to like stick with it. Right. Like everything's just been drums. Like from yeah. fifth grade, I was turning down scholarships to the university of Utah's for their drum line. Cause I just got super into it. Cause I, I didn't want to go into like an educational, like teaching side of it or go to college for like music and, and percussion right. in general. Like I wanted to play in a band. Yep. Like I you know, like going back to like seeing all those concerts with my mom and with my brother to like, well, that's what I want to do. It just makes sense. Now I got this drum set. So all through school, it was just like, that's what I want to do. So what happens after school? Um, I was pushing, you know, what kind of local bands I was building at the time. And the hardest thing is just relying on other people, you know, <laughs> yeah. like everybody, like you kind of need other people for the, for what I do, yeah. you know? Um, but it was just difficult to, as much as they say they want to do it, and we did some really cool things, had the opportunity to open for a lot of cool bands as the local opener, you know, which literally changes your life Sure. at that age. And, um, you know, I was booking tours by myself just to get us to reach outside of Utah, just going around the West Coast and trying to do everything. But it just kind of flatlined. And I was like, man, I got to like figured this out somewhere else because like, I, I can't, I, I got to do this and I can't rely on this band. So like what else is out there? So I set my sights a little bit different and found like some studio work to do for starting locally with some local bands. And then with the minimal touring I had done at that point, started to 
you know, with those, those connections from those tours started doing little things out from there, even in different genres. There's like this pop artist that I worked with for a little bit. And like, I was always open for those new opportunities for this ever expanding musical palette, you know? And, um, yeah, I eventually found, I was working at, uh, like musician's friend and guitar center yep. is like the, the call center for it is in Utah. Oh, really? so I would just okay. be on the phone and people would call in and order gear or complain about what they got or just need help setting it up or whatever. And it's a job and like, I'd get frustrated with it. But the end, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm talking about music. I'm around it. This is awesome. I'm getting sweet discounts on gear. So I just was buying all of the things. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, was working a job, but, uh, and just trying to do all these offshoot things as much as I could. And at one point I was like, man, it's just the wheels aren't getting any traction. Like I want it to, I just want to go. I just want to go, go, go. And, um, so I'm like, I think maybe I should just go back to school and like have a backup plan. And so I went to, I took like two semesters of college with I, I was interest, interested in in like doing radiology type stuff. Oh yeah. So just like starting down that path, I was like, that's interesting. That probably would be like a good career. Yep. And then after the two semesters, it wasn't even a full two semesters. I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm spending all this money, all of this energy into something else that I don't ultimately want to be doing that doesn't right. fuel me in any way. It's right. just like a backup plan. And I'm like if I can, like, I just need to put all of that energy into what I actually want to do. And like, I can do it. I can do it. So again, that was just another kind of eye-opening opportunity to just do it differently. And like, what other opportunities can I find? And um, that's kind of when shortly after that is when, when otherwise happened. I saw that because I was following them, you know, I knew who they were and I loved the music they had put out and they were doing some cool things and saw that they were, parting ways with their drummer and I reached out and I was just like, yo, I, I literally on social media reached out to every single band member, found any kind of email <laughs> contact for the band or management or anybody associated with them. And I was just like, this is who I am. And this is, these are some of the drum things that I've done and, you know, try to make it sound as prestigious as I could. And was like, man, I want this so bad. And uh, it worked. You know, like Ryan got back to me and he's like, hey, man, like, that's pretty cool. You've, you've actually kind of been on our radar for the last little bit. And I was that's like, sweet. what? That's crazy. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, um, we just kind of started doing things. I didn't have to, like, formally audition or anything. He was just like, you want to come down to Vegas and, you know, we'll work on some songs. And, you know, we got a new album that we're working on and they were going to Nam, And so I played with them at the Gibson room in Nam at Nam and just like started. And the next day we were in a writing session with like some big hitters down in LA. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Like I was just what, elated. What was the, you know? year, what was the time frame for that? So that was, uh, well, that was 2016. Okay. So I was out of high school for, yep. I graduated in 2009. So out of high school for a little bit and, you know, within that realm doing the like tours and, trying to find the opportunities and recording and all sorts of different bands. And um, it's so crazy. I think we need 
step back and you're like, that was seven years. <laughs> yeah. Like that span is it's like chapters, you know, you mm-hmm. like look back at your life and there's like these different chapters and it's like, otherwise it was a new chapter. Cause it was just like new horizons, new opportunities. And uh, so I was with them for four years and I, you know, I had some of the best times of my life I was, I feel very fortunate to be able to have accomplished what I did with them, put out two full length albums, two EPs, um, you know, toured out of the country in Canada and Puerto Rico and Bahamas on Shiprocked and oh, yeah. toured all over the United States many times, played some great festivals, met some incredible people. Like it was amazing, yep. but there's always a shadow. There's always like scales being balanced and it just, got to a point where it just wasn't where I needed to be to continue to flourish and achieve the things that I still had on my bucket list of what I wanted to do as a musician, you know? So at the end of 2019, I I stepped out from otherwise and I was like, I just need kind of a breather from music, from touring, just kind of like take a step back. Um, Dipping back a little bit, I had, picked up my camera I started doing that in 2018 the middle of 2018 and so I loved it um I I decided to let's put a little bit more time into that um and just kind of let it breathe for a little bit I'll find another music opportunity and the pandemic happened you know (laughs) oh I guess before that I was like I don't really know what I'm doing with my life I just quit my band and so I, I went to Scotland for the first time at the beginning of 2020 so I was like, let's go. Like I'd never been out of the country to Europe Yep. and I didn't really know where to go, but Scotland is always just, I've just been drawn to it. The yeah, landscapes beautiful. and yeah, just, I love castles and like old architecture yeah. and it just seemed so moody. And I love that moody weather all the time, always. Yeah. And um, it was incredible. Like I needed, I so, so, so needed that break in my life and Scotland just felt like home. It was, it was the greatest place. And I, I loved it so much. I was like crying the day I had to go home. Cause I was just like, I'm just so happy. Like this was so fulfilling and so rewarding. And it was, it was just awesome. Yep. And then uh, I got home and still didn't really know what I was going to do, but I had, dip my toes into like photo and video at that point. And so I fortunately was had some traction there and I could sustain myself. I didn't need to get a real job, you know, um, cause going back again, um, when I joined otherwise, I quit musicians, friend guitar center. It's the same company. Yep. And, um, I was like, I'm never going to work for somebody else again. I don't want to be a cog in somebody else's machine. Right. It's like, I need to do like create my own whatever and just do what I want to do and like feed myself in a way, you know, you gotta be selfish like that sometimes, you know, but it's, it's been, it's worked out really well, thankfully, you know, right. like yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for any, any day for it to just like, uh, music industry is not a thing. Nobody cares about cameras. What are you going to do with your life? And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. COVID kind of put that to the test, definitely. <laughs> it did, yeah. Let's, let's just quickly jump back real quick. Uh, yeah. Why did you go to radiology? What, was there anything with radiology that drove you in that direction? I asked because I worked in radiology as well. Oh, really? Right yeah. on. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just 
kind of interesting being able to look into the body and just kind of, cause like, you know, when I get dental x-rays or I've, I've had very minimal other kind of injuries, but like, it just seemed so cool Yeah, just to be able to, I don't really know how it worked. I wanted to understand how it worked right. to be able to like read this thing and like the dis- discolorations and this is out of place and these fractures. And I don't know, man, it was, it was just this weird interest. I liked dental. I was thinking like something in the dental field or dental radiology or whatever, or just like radiology in general. Yep. So not a real great reason other than I was like, that seems interesting and like a real career, you know? Yeah. (laughs) The funny thing for me is I, you know, I did rate it. I I would, uh, uh, years ago, this is, you know, 15 plus years ago, I would set up the actual radiology equipment and teach people how to use it and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. at clinics and stuff like that. And I, I didn't have any involvement with photography or anything like that at the time, but I did later on. And I really, because I knew so much about radiology, at least the equipment, it actually translated really well into the photography world. Yeah. Which we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just kind of wanted to quickly ask about that and see if there was any sort of relationship you had between those two. I honestly have never even thought about that until now. Cause like right. I never really had a super passion for photography. I took a class in high school just as an elective, just cause I was like, why not? Yeah. You know, did the whole like dark room thing. And that was cool, but I would, that didn't spark any kind of interest yeah. with photography or pursuing that, you know, same here. Yep. Same thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it literally just was like, while I was touring, I started taking photos of all these cool places that I was in and little by little was like, Oh, let me like, just what is contrast? Like, what is right. saturation? Like, what are these things that I can edit these photos? And so I started like trying to take better photos and started editing them a little bit on my phone. And then in 2018, when we had a break between tours and we were working on um, the Defy album with Otherwise, I had some time at home. So I was like, I'm one that I don't like feeling stagnant or like I'm plateauing. So I always have to like be busy and, I knew that we wouldn't be touring for a bit. So I was like, well, let me invest into a camera and I'm out hiking and doing all these things in the beautiful Utah mountains when I'm not on tour anyway. So like, yeah, let me kind of like try a little bit to, to get more into that and just take some photos while I'm out. And I didn't have any intention of showing anybody necessarily. I just wanted to do it for me. Yep. Um, and it just blossomed like crazy. You know, like I, I said, I, I've tried to learn different instruments. Um, I, when I was working and I had discounts, I bought a freaking buttload of like studio equipment. Cause I was like, well, I'll like learn to produce my own drums. And so I can make it easier to uh, do remote sessions and studio work and stuff. So, but I just haven't had the discipline to like focus on anything else other than drums until I picked up a camera. And for whatever reason, it was just, it just grabbed me. It was just, right. it just made sense. Did you have any, so, do you have any formal training with camera stuff or did you just kind of learn it all by yourself? Maybe YouTube or something like that? YouTube university, man. Yep. <laughs> like yeah, totally. I, uh, I have, you know, a bunch of photography or photographer buddies um, that, you know, I love their work. And so I reached out to several of them and just tried to get some information on like, where do I start with the camera? Like, 
what the heck is like a full frame camera or a crop sensor or mirrorless versus what about Sony versus Canon versus Nikon versus Olympus? You know, it's like, where do you even begin? And it's, you know, just like music gear. It's, I, I figured it was like, you get what you pay for kind of a thing. So I'm like, is it worth the investment to, to jump into something that's a few thousand dollars or should I start with something a little bit lower, you know, just to get my feet wet and, general consensus between all the people I, I reached out to was like, well, Canon, Canon's the way to go. And that's kind of just intuitively in my own self. I was like, that stuck out to me for some reason. So that kind of just reaffirmed. I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll go with Canon. Yep. And I was willing to invest in it. Cause just like with music gear, I was like, it matters. You know, I, I figured that the image quality would be better. It would just be more durable I would, it would result in some better images, which it would inspire me to want to continue to do it. Yep. You know, if, if I'm just dealing with all the limitations of, cause I was, you know, shooting on my phone. So it's like, if it's just barely better than the phone quality, especially if I'm like putting it into a computer and trying to, you know, just edit a little bit. I was like, you know, I think it could be worth just investing in and just like do it right. And that, that way, if I, don't stick with it. It's probably going to hold its value better and right. then I can oh, sell yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. cause like with music gear, man, it's like, if you start a kid on, you know, a $50 guitar, that's going to sound different. It's not going to play as easy. It's going to be harder on your fingers and just how it's made. It's not going to last as much right. more susceptible to like humidity changes and temperature changes and things. And, and so it's like put a kid on a, guitar, there's an exponential difference and it'll sound better. And I feel like that instills more of a desire to keep playing because you're like, Oh, I'm getting it. So that's kind of how I was feeling with, with camera gear. So I got the the 5d Mark four as my first one. And I I was shooting with just a 50 millimeter lens for most of it. I had a 16 to 35 and I was like, this thing's wide and weird. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this thing. Right. So (laughs) that's, I mean, that was my first camera also was Canon. I started off with the mm -hmm. TI and, you know, I just bought like Mm -hmm. a, one of those kit packages or whatever it was. I had a couple lenses and whatever. Mm -hmm. That was my first experience as well. Just kind of mess with that for a while. And then I moved over to the Mark four, just like, you Uh I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm currently Sony. I've switched over to Sony now. I don't know oh, if nice. it's Canon or not. Um, yeah, when, when Canon came out with the, the R-Line, their mirrorless yep. stuff, yep. I was like, that just makes sense because low light, uh, the video is much better, yep. the in-body stabilization, the color profiles, just like everything was was better. Much lighter. And, and it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's certainly like no wrong way. Like it's It's not like you can't start with any right. level of it, you know, it's just, I saw it as like, I'll also have more pride in what I have and be more invested in it. So I will feel more invested to like spend more time doing this. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it just grabbed me and, and just took off, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I was just going to say like, because I mentioned I, I never really intended to put it out much or to show people, but through doing it and I just felt such a passion for it, you know, you're, you're chasing light and you're just trying to capture that moment, yeah. you know, and, and that's like way bigger of a deal than I really thought it would be. Like, it's so cool to be like this moment 
even if you're taking a picture of something that a million other people have taken photos of, like that's still your image, your moment that like defines, it's like a timestamp in your life of who you were at the time, where you were. And just like, I can look back at any photo and be like, oh yeah. And then you remember like things from that trip or just like outside of that. So it's been a way for me to like catalog my life and my adventures since I started shooting, you know? Um, but yeah, with some of the photos early on that I, I started to feel kind of strongly about, I was like, I don't know, man, like, I guess I'll put some on social media and just like, this is what I've been up to. It's not music stuff, but hope, hope you like it. <laughs> and, you know, people were super, super nice and super encouraging. And, and I was like, man, that's cool. And so, you know, I, I wanted to put a little bit more out there and gradually, gradually did a little bit more and yep. um, had people reach out to, cause they wanted to pay me to do things with the camera now that they see right. that I do this. Yeah. And like that freaked me out. I was like, you know, cause sometimes when you incorporate money into something, it'll like taint the purity of why you do it. Of course. Yeah. And it like scared me. I didn't want to, it to turn into a job or turn into right. like, Oh, I got to pick up my camera and go shoot this thing, you know? So it took me a minute and I really sat with it and I was like, okay, if I'm going to like, evolve with this and start incorporating, you know, income along with this passion. Like I made it a very strong point that, you know, I only want to do things that I want to do. I don't want to be like, just get wedged into like, I'm just a like portrait photographer or I'm shooting a bunch of weddings and there's nothing wrong with that. But just with how I am, it's like, I wanted to have variety and I didn't want it to become that job. So I, I was like, I have to resonate with what I'm doing. I have to enjoy what the project is and just always at the very, very core of it, just like love it. Just keep the heart in it and just yep. love it. Like find the art and, and the reason why I do this, like that's staple, like hands down. And fortunately, again, like fortunately it's worked out. Like I can turn down things and I can like, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where I'll, if the pays like whatever, but the opportunity is awesome. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like I'll always take an opportunity over a paycheck any day. And of course there's a give and take and there's a balance yep. with that, but like, I'm all for an opportunity, man. Yeah. Like too. as long as my life is balanced outside of that, like, let's go. You know? So yeah, I told yeah, let's, let's come back to that in a second, but Sure. We're bouncing all over. I'm, I'll just, no, no, I'm just no. rambling, man. So you're, you're, you're just sparking <laughs> so many things off my brain that I want to catch on. So no worries. Uh, for me, when I started doing photography and you tell me if you had this, if this sort of happens to you, I, I've heard other people, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. But for me, when I was doing photography, similar to you, I got the camera. I just started going on hikes and just, I started seeing my surroundings a little differently. I started being more, you know, observing things differently, specifically in the colors and the time of day and stuff like that, you you know, Mm -hmm. your golden hours and stuff like that. But I would also wear these UV sunglasses that would give me a cool sort of color tone to my environment. So I would wear these stupid sunglasses all the time when I was hiking, just so I could sort of see a unique color perspective of it. You know, I'd be like, all right, I want to come back here at this time on a, you know, misty day or on a sunny day, whatever. And I'd have my sunglasses and I want to capture whatever I'm physically seeing. Did you have any sort of experience? That's like incredible. That? No, that's <laughs> really awesome. 
The only thing that's kind of along that is, yes, I like, I started seeing things differently and everything was like, I could capture it this way or like, not quite yet. Wait 20 minutes and the sun's going to be where I want right. it. Then I could capture it that way. Almost to a fault where like I was driving anywhere or like kind of anywhere. And I was too focused on like, Oh, I could capture <laughs> yeah. that. I could capture that. Yeah. Where I got like too into that rather than enjoying the moment so much, you know? And so I, I, I kind of had that realization early on. I was like, okay, rain it back. Like, yes, capture that because it's freaking awesome. But like, also enjoy the moment and like, yeah. don't be, you know, don't have this experience through the, you know, the eye hole of my camera, like actually sure. experience it and live it. Yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> but a lot of, a lot of what I learned or how I learned to shoot is just by doing it. Like I, I love looking at different photographers and getting advice on, on things and going to shoot with other photographers. You can learn a bunch. Um, but it all comes down to like taking these elements of kind of everything and, and trying to make your own thing. You yeah. know, I don't want to just replicate color tones or uh, the, the exact same framing on, on something as, as somebody else. And it's inevitable. You know, there's, you know, someone yeah. out there is going to have similar work, yeah. but, but just across the board, just try to do it different. Just try to see the world in a different way. So when I share that, and that resonates with somebody, it's like, that's the coolest thing ever. Now, I feel like that's literally magic. And, and yep. same with music. That's, you know, you, you put who you are into what you love. And when that connects positively with other people, like that's magic, dude. Like yeah, there's, totally. it's a universal language. So yeah. I think that's the biggest reason why I was so drawn into like photography and videography just like music is because again, like just putting who you are into it and just that connects with people. That's so cool. You know, so with all the, with all the different, um, you know, you can do, like you said, wedding photography, portraits, you know, a corporate, I do some corporate stuff so, and, you, and a lot of landscape. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got a ton of landscape. You get some killer, killer animal stuff. You got <laughs> some awesome, you know, you're doing live stuff and everything like that. Do you have a, is there one that you like more than the rest? I mean, I'm not saying one's better than anything, but is there one you feel sure. more comfortable with? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've certainly like tried to do a little bit of everything. Like I've shot weddings. I've shot um, like newborn. You do the newborn shoots. Yeah. You do just like work in the, the model world. Um, just on like a local scale. I haven't done anything like super big in right. that world, but it's like even just getting a taste of it. I'm like, I don't like dealing with, that kind of drama it can be a mess man yep, yep um but i've had some great shoots on there as well but yep. um yeah I've, I've tried to like just be broad with with what i shoot um i love landscapes i love architectural stuff i really really enjoy like abandoned buildings yep. there's something really beautiful about just the decay and like the you know when nature reclaims this place that years ago had like its life of its own and at some point it was just forgotten and just like left and the earth is just like swallowing it up. Like there's something so, so cool about that to me. Um, so certainly like, I feel like that's my favorite thing to do just kind of on my own time in my own place, just like shooting for me, you know, that takes it right back around to the, why I started. It just fuels me in that way the most. Yep. Um, but I do a lot of um, like high end real estate photography or like yep. for um like vacation rental properties okay. like 
there's like Airbnb plus or events day or a few different companies that have like bougie million, multi-million dollar listings. And so I love shooting houses like that. They're just so, so beautiful. I've, I've, I've shot for like Marriott and some other hotels around the country. And like, that's super fun as well, just because there's something really like satisfying about like with, with architecture, it's all about the lines, you know? So like just shooting the house, like finding those lines, but then finding those unique angles, but then finding the, the details of this bigger picture, which is really, really cool. Um, so architectural stuff like that is probably comes second to my favorite as my favorite, but, um, definitely just kind of getting out there by myself and just taking the photos for what catches my eye and what I, the beauty that I find in the moment, you know? Yep. yep, yep. The, uh, did the, I mean, well, maybe we're, we're going too far back, but was that, was the real estate stuff, were you doing that during COVID or was that after COVID? Um, I think I, I started a little bit before COVID. Oh, did you? Started okay. did that doing impact? a little bit. Did, did the real um, COVID impact that? A little bit. There's definitely like a slowdown across yeah. the board, you know, yep. but yep. so I was right before. So kind of right in there. Uh, after I got back from Scotland, the beginning of 2020, I was like, I'm going to put out a book. Like a really good friend of mine yep. was like, you should put together like a coffee table book. You know, I was like, that's so crazy. Like, I don't even know where I would begin, but I kind of sat on that for a while and, and just kind of let it stew. And then when I got back from Scotland, I was like, you know what, now's the time, like, let's do it. And so I started like figuring out what I would need to make a book happen, looking at just financially, like what it would take. Cause sure. Yeah. You can do like a one-off book and the cost of that is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I would love to, for people to have these, to see them on coffee tables and to like be able to donate these books to, to schools and hopefully inspire younger people to like pick up a camera and, and, or to, and, or to just travel and like see the world. And yeah. if they can't travel and see the world, they can at least kind of escape for a second by looking at this book, this tangible thing, rather than just like swiping on social media and, you know, social media is an amazing tool, but I kind of like hate everything that I, I hate that it's so powerful and you need to post on there because it's like, man, I love this photo. It's so crazy. But then it's this big, you know, and rather than seeing it like, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I want a book so you can like kind of just disconnect from that and just sit down, like just sit down with a book and just lay it in your lap and just kind of create your, I didn't, I was going to put like captions and, you know, a little bit, maybe a little story about each of these photos. But I was like, scrap that. Like, I liked the idea of it just, just being the images and you as the viewer being able to sit down with it and kind of put yourself there and create your own little narrative or adventure behind what they see in this photo. Um, so yeah, I, I worked with, with a buddy to kind of design it and organize it and refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it. Um, then I launched a, I did, uh, Kickstarter. I think, yeah, I did a Kickstarter for it. Yeah. Um, and I launched it like two weeks before the pandemic hit before everything is like, yo, the world is shutting down. And so it was doing well for those first couple of weeks. And then the pandemic was announced and I was like, Oh my God, there's no way I can do this now. You know, I felt like a total dick asking for people to contribute 
for my right. book right. when they need to like, you know, their jobs are getting messed up and need yeah. to provide for their families and everything. And I was like, ugh. but like it, there was two months on that Kickstarter campaign and uh, like, frick, man, like I can't believe I pulled it off. Like, that's awesome. I just was grinding and, and just really trying to connect with anybody I could. And uh, there was a nonprofit that I was working with um, called Save Our Canyons in Utah. And um, a, po- a portion of the proceeds that I got from doing the book went to them and they did cool. some promotion stuff. And I did like a gala thing with them. And so fortunately at the end of those two months, I had reached my goal and actually surpassed it by a few thousand dollars. So nice. I was able to put more into the book and then it was just like time to print. And so it takes quite a process. I had like 650 books get delivered to me after like two months or something, just this big pallet gets dropped in my driveway of just boxes of books. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. Yeah. Like I created this with the help of so many incredible, incredibly supportive people. I was like, that's during this pandemic, you know, and it was, it was so crazy. And just like, it's something that I'm really, really, really proud of. Cause yeah. like with band stuff, I'm so proud of that. And that's a collaborative effort with everybody. And we, we did this, we made this album, we did this tour, we did this festival, but like this book, it's like, it started from a single idea and like, I was able to rally it and just make it happen. And I obviously couldn't have done it without everybody. So it's not just me, but it's like, it worked, man. Just off of this, this photography thing that I didn't have any expectations for when I started at that point, just like a year and a half before. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like bonkers. So the book is bonkers. So the book is called year one, right? Yeah. And it's a hardcover. It's well, all right. So let's, let's kind of break it down if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. It's available. You have it available on your site, Mm -hmm. which is your name. Uh, Yeah. What is it? Say, uh, dot, dot, dot shootproof.com. Shootproof. Yeah. So say, your, so say, say the whole thing for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's Brian Medeiros dot shootproof.com. Cool. I'll put it. That's, that's the- where. Sweet. Thanks, man. Like yeah. that's where I have um, like all my other photos and kind of yeah. like a, um, you know, there's some of my um, architectural stuff that I've done for hotels and, and homes and stuff. It's yep. a general portfolio and, you know, prints and, metals and canvases and a lot of cool stuff a lot of beautiful beautiful stuff we'll come back i just want to quickly put that out there so anyone watching or listening the link is in the show notes the book itself so talk about the beginning so when you wanted to do this how many photos were originally at the beginning of it and then how many did finally (laughs) make to the book and all that sort of stuff yeah that's the trickiest part (laughs) because it's like where do i even start with how many photos I, i first decided how the size of the book that I wanted, I didn't want it to just be small. You know, the whole point was tangible, like let it sit in your lap. Right. And so I decided on, Oh, what is it? I think it's like nine by, by 12 ish ish right in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Cause that way, when you, when you fold it open, you have this two page spread that can be a whole landscape and it's just sitting in your lap, you know? So I was like, that's where it starts is the size and then from there, I went through all of my photos that I had taken within that first year. It's the title year one. I, I wanted a collection of, of just images from my first year, just as like, this was the catalyst for everything else going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, I made a 
Google folder or whatever. And it just like threw all of the photos in there that I like. And there's, you know, 250, 300 photos in there, which is just too much. Yep. I didn't you know, want it to be a book this big and just like looking at printing costs and everything. I was like, okay, I want to keep it within this range, which means this many pages and all, all that. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I eventually weeded it down to like 110, 120 of, of what I felt were my strongest photos. And I certainly talked with people that I'm close with that would give me an honest opinion of like, I don't think that one's strong enough to be in the book. You know, and because like I try to be honest with myself, but I'm like, but I like it because it has so much emotional attachment to like, you know, where I was that time or whatever. But it's like, yeah, it's just not as strong as an outside perspective. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, weeding it down to like 110, 120 photos. And then it was like, well, how do we, how do I like organize this? And so I started it off with a black and white photo and I don't really do black and white stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple that I, that I really, really like. And the one that um, starts off the book is actually one of my favorites still. And I've gone back and tried to replicate it or do it different. Cause I'm like, well, I feel like I see things different. I can probably shoot it better. And right. like, nah, like that was the time. That was the moment. Yep. yep. Can't redo it. Yep. So yeah, I start off with that black and white one. And then I was thinking of having it transition through the book, having some kind of flow, like, uh, like seasons or, you know, time of year. So winter, it's more cooler tones and, you know, ice, snow, things like that. And going to spring and the like brighter colors are starting to pop out and then summer, you know, more vibrancy. And as it gets down into fall, it kind of, kind of gets less saturated. And then it ends with kind of being a little bit darker and then another black and white photo that I like. So it does have this kind of like arc. Okay. And uh, that was really, really difficult to like, just organize. <laughs> but, um, I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. And uh, yeah, it, it, like literally it was a process every single day for months. It was, it was literally like a full-time job working on the design of it, working with the, with the campaign of, for the book and all these other perks that I had. Like I printed, like I don't really do so much um, like Photoshopped art where you're like layering things and doing different sure. colors and like certain crazy Photoshop things like that but I had created a couple designs that I thought were pretty cool. That was one of my landscapes and um, there's two of them that are similar, basically similar idea of like a landscape and an owl that I've taken a photo of and then like a mandala and just kind of layered it and made it a cool thing. And so I had some skateboard decks with those printed on it. And I had like these t-shirts and I had certainly like prints and medals and limited things. Um, And you know, so just organizing all of that, looking into costs of all that. And it was seriously like a full-time job through that. So that was my pandemic pretty much. It's just like hammering through the book. And it was incredible, man. Like I, I super needed that, like I said, to step outside of the music thing. And with the pandemic hitting, I wasn't able to do music anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, so this, this filled that void and it really, really kept me creative and busy and allowed me to dive more into the photo video stuff and kind of hone in that craft a little bit more. And then, yeah. you know, I, I, so I'll just quickly jump in here before we move forward. Uh, and I'll just say that, you know, I've been following your work. I mean, obviously I reached out to you a while back, but I've been following your work for as long as, I don't know. I, I, I want to say 
before you joined Red. I can't quite remember, but yeah, I think know, so. I've been following yeah. your work for a while. And I got to say, your the, the things that really stick out to me, and you've sort of mentioned this, is your composition, your eye for composition, your angles and your lines and stuff like that is just so striking the way you have that, especially with a lot of these big architectures and like some of the abandoned mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Thank then your you. your color grading and your your use of editing is just really, really unique style that really just is eye-catching. So I'll just, you know, anyone listening or watching, when you, go to, when you go to your site, you do have a lot of your prints up there and they're just very, very distinctive in its creative style. I mean, I really, really love, I mean, you got some of these, you know, wide variety of these landscape ones, but I mean, your color tones on, you know, a lot of these shots are just really, really unique. And I, you know, Dude, and we'll start you. talking about your drone stuff on top of that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It, it's just really, really, you have an excellent, excellent eye for, you know, obviously composition and your color palette and stuff like that. Really, really, you know, breathtaking and strange. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, thank you. Especially <laughs> as a photographer, man. Like, thank you. That means a lot. Well, I, like, you know, I, I see you, like I said, before we start, <laughs> I, I, your work is one of those, as a photographer, I consider myself, you know, middle of the road. I'm not great. I'm not terrible. Nah. I've learned my lessons, stuff like that. And then I see your work. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of way down at the bottom. I need to get way back. <laughs> no, man. I need to work my way up here because no. your work is that, that level way up there. It's excellent work. Thanks, man. I think a lot so, of it just comes from like, I, like I said, I don't like to feel stagnant or anything. So I'm just always doing and and just creating and, and trying. And like, honestly, the first time somebody said that like super, super kind of thing of like, man, your composition is, is incredible. And I was like, I honestly didn't know what that meant. <laughs> Cause like I said, I didn't like do formal schooling or anything. Right, so right. like, I didn't understand like the term so much. I, I heavily looked into like ISO shutter speed and aperture and just how that triangle all affects light, but in super different yeah. ways. Um, but, but yeah, like as far as like, how to frame your shot and, and like things like that. I didn't really know. I was just like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> like I thought it worked. So I don't know, like you can absolutely go to school and learn those things and like learn how to shoot a photo, but I don't know. Like there's something about just, just look for it. Right. Just like yeah. be out there and just like, what's pretty man. Like, and it's right. all so subjective. Yep. Like, and that's the coolest thing about art in general is like, there's something for everybody. And, you know, some people hate my stuff probably. And that's totally fine. Like, it, you know, there's, 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 I'm not trying to appease everybody. I just like, if you like it, that's so cool. Like anybody that gives a shit about like what I'm passionate about is the coolest thing ever. Like, right. I, I just, that's incredible. What's your, what's your software? What's your editing? Uh, you using Adobe? Yeah. Yeah. I got the Adobe suite. So, um, 98% of what I do is in Lightroom. Yep. And, uh, if there are things that I need to remove, I'll drop it into Photoshop. Or if it's, you know, when I do like shoot with models or whatever, you need to like retouch skin a little bit, like yep. I'll drop it into there for those kind of things. Um, there's sometimes like a sky needs to be replaced just because yep. it's like the shot's awesome, but there's not so much going on in the sky. Like let's make it a little bit prettier, yep. which in one sense is like fake, you know, it's a composite of two different images, but it's like, it's still 
art. Like I don't claim for it to be like, this is exactly what it looked like, you know? Right. Cause it's, yeah. but it's how I see it. Like you, you shoot how you see it in the end, you know? And yeah. I, some of the colors are a little enhanced, but I do, I, I don't like when it, it feels fake. Yeah. You know, like I've played around in Photoshop with some things where you're like adding fog and like adding like too much of a crazy sky. And like, it's just like, this is not anything representative of what it was. Right. And it's just like, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. So it's like, yep. yes, there are very few that are like a little bit tweaked in Photoshop or, or little elements that are added, but I generally try to keep it as natural or, or would be natural as it can be. You yeah. know, I, I think, yeah. in and yeah, I'm with you 100% on what you're saying with that. I tend to put my stuff through the same process, but then mm-hmm. I am like, hmm, I wonder what it looks like with this thing. And I'll sure. experiment yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's overkill. And the, or sometimes I'll be like, you know what? That really adds to the image itself. It really brings out mm-hmm. a different or a, a more, you know, as you said, a, a, a more, uh, of what you saw when you were right, taking the photo. Yeah. Like that. So, so it yeah. is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Like there was this one shot that I did in Salt Lake and I, I threw in a moon in the sky just cause it, there's like this clock tower thing downtown and it was a really, really cool shot, but I'm like just missing something. So I dropped it into Photoshop and just put a moon behind it. That's a little bit too big, Yep. but it like, it looks awesome. And yep. like, I wasn't claiming it to be a completely truthful thing it was just it was a cool little addition that i felt made it that yep. much better and i'm like that's cool you know yeah yep. nothing yep. against other people that do it you know like i said it's all subjective yep so. I, I, yeah I, i've done very similar things and i say yeah. it's all it's all relative to what the what, what you're trying to achieve and what how it impacts exactly. the image uh, however, exactly. I will say <laughs> I had some friends who uh, put the moon in a shot but it was on top of clouds. I'm like, how did the moon get yeah. on top of the clouds? You guys kind of <laughs> yeah. know what you're doing there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. You gotta, you gotta really think about what you're doing. Maybe get some input from others. <laughs> exactly. Well, if you're not sure. Yeah, there's, there's some absolutely incredible, like digital artists, man, that like, will take elements of real photos and like composite several together, but then add elements of, of yep. completely external things. And, they're so beautiful. And I think that's incredible. Yep. You know, and, and like, like with all the AI stuff too. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's, yeah. Want to kind of touch on that. It's like, I think it's awesome, man. It's, it's only a natural progressive uh, progression of art in general. Cause like, look at music, how it started on wax or tape, you know, as you're recording it or, or whatever. And it's evolved yep. into completely digital yep. and photos started on film. And then you could, uh, you know, through the process is like, you can start editing, you know, in, in like dark rooms and stuff and like manipulating this photo and now it's digital. So where you can do anything to it. Yep. And so it's, it's only a natural progression that this, like, this is just the next step of it. Yep. And I think it, it'll certainly take away from certain artists that do certain things for certain clients. You know, you can just be like, I need this. Yep. I, I want this kind of image for, you know, my branding or for my billboard or for, you know, my collection of mugs that I'm selling, you know, rather than hiring an artist for it. And that does kind of suck, but it's like, there's always, always, always going to be a need for, and, and, and a market for like real art. 
you know? So yep. Yep. I, I don't, it's new and it's scary and we fear change, but like at the same time, you got to kind of embrace it and you can't fight it because it's right here. It's and, not going away. <laughs> yeah. And th- there's certain elements where it's like, you, you can take a photo and then like do an AI version of it and then edit it in a different way. Yep. And it's just a different kind of art, you know, yep. like it's not photography at that point and it shouldn't be labeled as such, yep. but it's still art and it's still something that somebody created to some extent, you know, Yep. unless you're just like pumping out AI generated images and you're like, look what I made. And it's like, come on. Well, it's a mix of that so, too. I, I, I feel like, so we're, we, as you said, we're, we're so early, but it's so part of every, almost every aspect of every creativity of mm-hmm. whether it be music art, whatever it is. The, um, the key things that I, I'm kind of, I think it's, we're so new on that. I just, I'm wondering where it's going to go is, you know, the, the copyright laws and stuff like that. We're yeah. treading into some yeah. areas where people have specific styles and stuff like, I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm sure at some point there'll be some big legal case that'll kind of help identify some of that stuff and algorithms sure. will be adjusted as needed. But the, I mean, for me, one thing that I've been trying to get into now with that, with AI, now that it's been so readily available to everyone is, you know, I would schedule some time with some models and I'm like, I want to do something fantasy, but I don't know what I want to mm-hmm. do. And I'll be like, what do you, do you have any ideas? And I'll reach out to certain people and they're like, oh, I kind of like doing this. And I'm like, I don't know. I was kind of thinking we do outside in the woods, maybe something elf ish or something like that. And they're like, well, I have mm-hmm. this and that. Now you can start sort of plugging that into AI and that's going to give you back a wide variety of stuff you would probably never even yeah. thought of. And you're like, all right, let's try to recreate this. So I think yeah. AI is great for building just inspiration. Yeah. Just, just kind of giving you yeah. some sort of basis to build off of. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cool yeah. stuff to it. Again, even if you're like writing movie. a story. Yeah. Even if you're like writing a story or a screenplay or like anything, you just like, you have this image in your head, you can like type it out yeah. and it'll pop up an image and that might help you write, you know, like you can use it in so many different ways. And I think, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many questions and it's like probably going to take over the world at some point, but like you can't fight it really. You know, it's like you can to a point if you don't like it, whatever, but like it's just, just try to find the art in it, you know, or or just don't worry about it. Like I'll probably, I don't really have any interest in doing anything AI. I think it's neat. I think it's like totally crazy, but I don't think... Like, I don't feel a, like there's a place for it in what I do. I love what I do, and I love what I create, and, and like, that's where I'm gonna, you know, that's the path I'm gonna keep going on, so. Hey, thanks for watching part one of our interview with Brian Medeiros. We hope you enjoyed it. You can check out our other episodes, our other guests on all your favorite podcast locations. Search for Tales from the Pit Podcast. You can also watch on YouTube. Check out our website, talesfromthepit.net. We hope you'll join us for part two. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jason Lavasser. Visit talesfromthepit.net for more episodes just like this. Because they're they like, this is the day. Like, be in Nashville this day. It's not going to be rescheduled. So if you can't make that day, then, like, 
that's too bad. So fortunately with the, with the Kenya trip, like the timing worked out so I could, I was back home and I could do it. So got back from Kenya, worked with my drums as much as I could. And I was like, okay, I can fly out. And I know, I know plenty of people out in Nashville, I can borrow a kit or, or rent one or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I like my kit. I love my kit. I love, you know, I love my gear. I'm more comfortable on my stuff. So I just loaded up, I got a rental car, loaded it up and then just drove across the country which is like a 24 hour drive yep, to get <laughs> to Nashville, you know? So I'm like, Oh, this is rough. 